Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2009. Happy Labor Day weekend, 2009. Manifesting our heart's desires is as simple as asking questions and embracing our inner power to create limitless possibilities that can serve the higher good of all and offer a unique fingerprint expression of you on the larger impression of humanity. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. Please explore more about myself, Evolution Revolution, upcoming guests, services offered, voices of change, and much, much more at my website, www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Pamela Brooks, who has a BA in psychology and an MS in health psychology in clinical and health emphasis. She is a certified Toastmaster, certified in NLP, and has taught and consulted for over a decade for the University of Texas at Austin, DeVry University, Dell Computers, Dell Financial Services, the Texas Controller's Office, and more. In her recent book release by O Books, Choose Power, Tools and Techniques for Home and Work, she gathers power principles from a variety of traditions and offers empowering and practical information that clearly explains the meaningful applications of the integrated traditions to everyday life. Optimally, Pamela has included the step-by-step exercises that can be practiced today and then used tomorrow. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you for joining me tonight on Evolution Revolution on this eve of Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you and your listeners tonight. Wonderful. So what has been your transformation? your inspiration and, tra- and transpiration to connect with the power within you that has led you to your recent book release, Choose Power? Well, I guess it is my mission statement that I really want to help women, especially to get in touch with their power and feel like they're more empowered in everyday life. You know, sometimes it's just the little things that can really make a big difference. That is so true. Yeah, I didn't just specifically target women, but it seems like the men are showing up more and more. And so I think everybody is concerned with feeling more power. And it's not being powerful over other people, but just feeling more powerful in everyday life. I think that is such an important discernment. The first thing that when I picked up the book, Choose Power, I thought, now, this is going to be good. And, I, and the first question that arose to my mind is, well, what is power? And so that really led me into asking more questions. So as I really went into the, the gifts that you offer in Choose Power, it was really enlightening to see that you brought power 
from an intrinsic perspective from the internal world and then taught people how to take that and apply it right in the book right away in like you know just a couple minutes or you know even a few seconds with some of the exercises and and then they can experience that reward which is of course what most people want is the experience thank you yes i agree you know i love to read and i read a lot of self help books and so many of them are great in theory and then you get done with the book and you, and you ask, well, how do I apply this? And so that's what I really wanted to just lead the reader down the steps they needed to take in order to feel more powerful. I'm sure everyone has followed a recipe to make a new dish. You know, it's not that hard when you have the right steps. And so that's how I wanted to model my book, that if you have the right steps to follow, you can get the same outcome as another person. That is so important. And, of course, the premise of science is to create something that's repeatable for all people. And you've done that formula, you, you offer that formula through a variety of techniques and concepts. And, you know, right, right from the beginning, you just do an amazing job of organizing the information. In the contents, you outline the chapters and their main components, but then you also do a very unique thing, and you list the techniques that are located throughout the chapters so if someone isn't really wanting to sit down and read the whole book, but they want to start dabbling with, with these amazing offerings you've brought forth, they can truly just open to a technique and begin to tap into that power. And I think that is the beauty of your book, is you can read the whole thing or you can dabble into one aspect and you can absolutely gain. Thank you for pointing that out, and I did write it that way, so it wouldn't have to necessarily build from one chapter to another, because I know a lot of people like to skip around in books, so I wanted it to be available that way as well. Yes, that's very, very important, so that was something that I really find is exciting, because when I personally, having reviewed so many books and, and reading them, I think it's, of course, every book has its gift, but I find that it's very empowering for readers who are somewhat intimidated to take on whatever concept that is. And I think power is something that's universally, oh no, let's look at fears to, to, to embrace our true authentic power. And so by giving people techniques to manage those fears effortlessly and, and pretty much instantly is so empowering without draining them with just an immense amount of theory and knowledge and background that at this point is probably somewhat common knowledge. Some of the, the techniques I include are common knowledge? No, just the background of psychology. You know in this new age that we're living in, so many people across the U.S. and across the globe are familiar with Jung and ideas of psychology. And so you've taken that and you've evolved the premise into we're going to take these theories and make it a tangible exercise. So I'm just pointing out that the theory itself didn't drain the exercise. The exercise overrode the theory, and that was a very powerful element. Great, thank you. I also pull a lot from neuro-linguistic programming, as you mentioned in the intro, NLP for short. And it's a lot more widespread in Europe than it is here. But they have such powerful techniques that I really wanted to break it down and make it accessible for anybody, even if they never graduated from high school, to be able to understand these powerful concepts of being able to change your memories for example, to make them feel better or feel worse, 
or how to be more powerful with people at work, how do I interact with my boss differently, and things like that. Just very practical, applied, and breaking difficult concepts down into understandable steps. Yes, and you did a phenomenal job with that. I, I must commend you. So as you lead us into the book, you begin with just feeling powerful and you offer a calming technique and really helping someone grab the concept of their power. Just bringing in that first awareness. You are powerful. Yes, I think a lot of people are intimidated with the word meditation. At least some of the women that I've worked with just feel like they have to do it right, you know, or they're not doing it right. And so just to call it the calming technique, I think, opens up people's minds to, okay, this is something I can do. And there's three steps to follow. It's pretty easy. I just close my eyes, take some deep breaths, and try to clear my mind. But that's really all there is to it. Yes, and, you know, pointing out that what I want to call word game, which is so important coming from my angle, and I absolutely think it is so important with clear communication to really use words that describe what you mean and that are clear to a receiver. And in the book, you do that as well. So I really want to commend you for pointing out, not only in the book, but also articulating things with such clear meaning. I think that is so important. And I'd also like to ask, which words increase communication and which words should we avoid like the plague? Because you do go into that in the book, and that was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'd like to share some examples with your listeners. I do break it down into, I call it um, words that sound like music to people's ears. You know, some people just love to hear these things. And my favorite one are, is the words, I agree. So let's say that you're in the middle of having a difficult conversation with someone. And by that, I mean maybe you're seeing things from two different points of view or you're trying to ask your boss for a raise or you're just um, trying to confront somebody and you just see things in a different way. One of the best things you can say when you're in the middle of this conversation is, I agree with what you said before. Because even when you are in two different points of view, there's usually one thing that you all are agreeing on. Or you can take one phrase that the other person says and with honesty say, you know, I really agree with what you said earlier. And the effect that this has on people is almost magical. And it, it decreases their defenses. All of a sudden they feel like they're on the same team with you. And I know because my husband has been doing this with me and it's so effective that as soon as I hear the words, I agree, it really doesn't matter what he says after that anymore. Just the fact that he agreed with me feels very validating. And so it's easy for us to drop our defenses then and say, oh, well, this person isn't so bad. They see things just like me. And then you can find your way towards a solution. So it's little things like that that can really make a difference. Of course, you want to choose something that you do agree authentically with, you know, not just make it up because I think people will feel that. And then I do go into words to avoid like the plague. And just a couple examples are always and never. You know, if I say something like you always leave the toilet seat up or you never bring me flowers, all of a sudden it's an accusation and the other person feels like they're on the defensive. And so if you avoid these words and try to figure out what is it specifically that I want, 
Well, I want my partner to appreciate me and bring me more flowers. It might be more effective to say, you know, I would feel more appreciated for everything I do for you if you bring me flowers once in a while. And that feels different on the receiving end. And also the person on the other end isn't trying to come up with the one time that this is wrong. Because when you use always and never, usually there's one exception, right? And so the other person is now working to try to find out, oh, well, I did bring you flowers when we got married. Don't you remember? And now all of a sudden it's an argument. So avoiding those words always and never can really just bring more honesty and more intentionality to what it is you're trying to get across. Very, very important you can continue. I, I just so I agree so much. The validation is just ringing through my ears. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different traditions that talk about the importance of the words that we use, and NLP is only one of them. You may have heard of some of the law of attraction. You know, where you whatever you say, it's almost like you're making a wish. And so, I mean, that's hard to really monitor everything that you're saying, all the words coming out of your mouth. But it's very powerful, too, to, to phrase things and how you want them. And NLP is very good at offering techniques like this. And just as simple as the words you can use can, can really make a difference in a conversation. And maybe before you were in, uh, very upset with the other person, now you can see that you do have some areas of agreement and you can work to a compromise. Yes, and that is so empowering to know that it can be win-win. If we can both feel validated, it's not a competition in communication. Yes, and it's hard to remember that in the moment. And so it's good to practice with the words to say or the words not to say when you're just with your friends or typing a letter, an email or something, and then you kind of get in the habit of using words that are more empowering for you and for other people. Very beneficial, very beneficial tip. And I think you also elaborate on, on really gaining power with others. And I think this is really important. I think they're kind of, they're integrative. You touch upon creating effective boundaries and to elaborate on that, learning to say no. <clears throat> and I think that so many people, oh, so many people, so many clients, their greatest challenge is simply the fact that they don't know how to manage their space according to their desires, which includes creating boundaries with others, which then can empower them and help them to proceed forth with what they truly desire. So I think. I would like, if, you, if you're willing, to just share a brief moment on how people can really create boundaries and by learning to say no and how the, the, you've seen the power of that transform others. Great. Yes, I'd like to give you, how about a three-step process for being able to say no to someone. This was, I don't know about you, Dulcinea, but I had problems with this too. You know, even if someone asked me out that I knew I wasn't interested in, I wasn't good at saying no. And so this is my three-step process. Of course, I go through it in a much more depth in my book. But the first step is to first find words to buy time. And that's also a category of words I include. So let's say someone asked me to run a bake sale for their organization. I could say, 
Well, uh, thank you for asking. Let me think about it and get back to you. And I think that's a very gracious way of answering and buying time. And the other person doesn't feel offended. Of course, it's, it's something reasonable to ask. And so then the next step is what I call the pros and cons technique. I've heard this from my mother for years, and I've tried it too. In this case, it's important because whenever we say yes to something, we have to say no to something else. Whether we're saying yes to give money or to give our time, we're going to have to say no to someone else as far as our money or our time. Maybe we can't keep going to the book club or I'll have less personal time or less time with my loved ones. And so this pros and cons technique, all you need is one piece of paper. You draw a line down the middle on both sides. And on one side you write, what if I say yes to this request? And you write down all the pros of what would come out of that and all the cons of what if I say yes? What, if I, what do I have to give up? And then on the other side of the paper, Write down, what if I say no to this request? What are all the pros and cons for that? And once you're able to see this on a piece of paper, it, it drives it home a lot better. Like, oh, I guess I would have to give this up. I don't want this to happen. And then it's better, you have more confidence to say, okay, it is more important that I do this and not to say yes to this request. So once you've made the decision, the third step would be to deliver an appropriate response. And I go into pacing and leading in my book. But an example would be something like, well, thank you so much for asking me to do this, and I would love a chance to get to know you better. At this time, I really think I'm overcommitted, and I cannot do it this year. But ask me again. Keep me in mind in the future. And I hope that doesn't feel like it would be offensive. I think it's pretty reasonable and gracious, and it's a win-win. Where both people feel good, they feel like, well, you know, we both considered it, and it's not the best thing right now. And so that's my three-step process for being able to say no, and it really helped me to be able to do that for myself. Yes, and I think that is so important. You know, I've not... I'm one of those people as I read through the book and I was reading that part, I think implementing boundaries has been hard for me because I was raised in a culture where you just don't say no to family for anything. <laughs> it's like we're all one, yeah. so we, we you know bend backwards. And so it was really um, one of those things that, that if I wanted to keep who I was, I better start saying no by age five. <laughs> very young. So I was able to do that. However, it was very interesting. It was a sneaky thing for me that it was oh, it was around success. Like so for instance in academics when I was in college. If a professor asked me to do something, oh yes, no problem, whatever it is. I can fifteen units, no problem. Another project, great. But in most of my life I didn't have that problem. So when I came across this it was like, okay, where don't you have your power? And I and that was my immediate answer. So it was very empowering for me to to read through that and just to remind me that that's a healthy element to really owning my power and communicating with others, which as we know is what I love to do. <laughs> yeah, completely. And establishing consistent boundaries, I don't think that's something women are taught. In fact, we're taught the opposite, that we're responsible for everybody, our parents, our children, you know, other people's feelings. It somehow feels like it's our responsibility. 
And so having some type of framework on how to set this up, okay, what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate. And so I go through some examples where if somebody is, is doing some inappropriate thing where you can set your limit for yourself and say, if this happens, this will be the consequence. And doing it consistently, of course, is the key. And to the extreme, let's say there's somebody that you don't want in your life anymore. I know a lot of women have had issues with stalkers. I did. And I wouldn't have known what to do if I didn't have my psychology background because nobody really tells you what to do. You hear about women getting killed all the time, but that doesn't help you to know how not to get killed. And so I have a big section on that in the chapter of Power with People about how to end contact with people. I call it putting them on extinction. And it's basically not returning any phone calls, cards, letters, or anything. It's just ending contact completely. And in The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker, I don't know, are you familiar with that book? I'm actually not familiar with that. Well, he he goes through that, too, in all the stories. It's a great book of why it is important to put people on extinction. I don't think he uses those words, but it's it's the best thing to just stop the contact immediately. And, you know, when, when that doesn't happen, it's hard, it's hard for women to do that, I think, because we feel like we have to return the phone calls and we have to return the emails. But it's just going to make the process go on longer. It's going to be harder for both of you. If you can just get through it by not responding at all, and I have a lot of support for that in there. But like I said, I don't think we get that training anyplace else. So if you know, if any of your listeners know people that can use help like this, this is all from my, ch- my chapter, Power with People. And I want to also point out that it's not about power over other people at all. It's about owning your own power. I don't know how many women I've worked with that say, you know, I gave up my power. We know when we do it. And so it's just a matter of knowing what we can do instead and having different choices and different options available when the situation comes up. Yes, that is so true. This book is just so rich with resources for anybody because it's used for your personal relationships, your family relationships, your friend relationships. I mean, your relationships at work with your just all around any interactions that a person has, it's almost as if uh, it's a very multifaceted book. It, it can be used over and over and over and applied to so many different situations. It's like a lifelong tool. <laughs> One to have in the toolbox. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yes, very, very, very empowering. So I think that is a really good point too I want to just say about not we are not taught to set consistent boundaries. I think a lot of us go to psycho- psychotherapy or psychology or take a course or you know, get some sort of social support that reminds us or teaches us that. So I think that is very important that you brought it forth. And I must ask, do you offer services um, that if someone wanted to receive that sort of service from you personally, do you work with people individually? Yes, I do coaching for people over the phone and in person. I've recently specialized into doing love coaching and so because I love to help people to set the intention for what they want in a relationship and to help them figure out, maybe we'll talk a little bit later about the power of intention and, and how people could go about doing that. But I love to support people in whatever they're doing, yes. I would, and, and I would love to help people to get more, better touch with their power. 
Well, I think it's an important time. We'll let them know that they can find out more information about your book, Choose Power, Tools and Techniques for Home and Work, and also about your coaching and the love coaching, and your, where they can purchase your book, and just a plethora of other information at www.pamela.com, and that's P-A-M-M-Y-L-A.com. Of course, you can link up with that website that link on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. So in the book, very fun, you go into emotions and the mind. And of course, that's where most of us get hiccuped, <laughs> I'd like to say, in our, in, our <laughs> in our inner growth process. And so I thought that was very important. And I think one of the most important elements that rang true for me was the power of forgiveness as we learn to claim our power with our emotions and our mind. Would you like to offer some insight on the, the, on the importance of that and how to initiate that process of forgiveness? Well, that's a really good question. And it's interesting because someone I've been working with lately has pointed out that when you don't forgive someone, you really hold them close to, so they're with you all the time. And it's really kind of funny, isn't it, that someone that you're, you don't want to be around or you don't forgive, but you're thinking about them all the time. And so that's where I think the importance of forgiveness comes in because we think it's hurting them, you know, that I'm not going to give in and forgive them, but it's really hurting us. You know, they might not have any clue that you hold something against them. And so, but it's really my own peace of mind that's being affected every time I do this or see this person's face, you know, I, I, I immediately will tense up or something. And so I have a couple techniques in there. And I think the white light technique, I wonder how many people have already heard about this technique, if it is very widespread, where you simply get it into the calming place and then imagine this person surrounded by white light. And it can be a healing light, a happy light, whatever makes sense for you. And it just really helps us to release the negative emotions around that. Have you ever done that? I have. I actually am a clairvoyant. So in clairvoyant training, that was one of the first things that we learned to do was to create light and manage our aura. So that was kind of fun. So it's very empowering. And actually, that's what I like to teach to little kids, these little indigos. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. univer oh, it's so universally empowering. The kids love it because they're so sensitive and psychic. And then you give them a tool, and I call it, you know, making a magic bubble. <laughs> and they oh, love it. It's, so it's very fun. So when I was reading the book, that was, again, a very universal tool that is so empowering that can really help people not only to feel the mental and emotional aspects of reclaiming their power, but also to, it, it literally changes their energetic space from the chakras to the DNA. And it's just a beautiful process to watch from a clairvoyant perspective. And like you have mentioned in the book, it's so simple. Yes, and I heard a story about somebody, it was a married couple, and the woman's husband's father would never have the time of day for her. And the only thing she could think of after she had tried everything else was to do this technique and just hold him in a place of light. And so she did that consistently for a while, 
And one day he just came to her front door, and which he had never done before, invited himself in, and then they had this conversation they had never had before. And so she attributes it all to the white light technique. And in fact, I had an employee once that was a really difficult employee that I was being counseled to try to, you know, help her to leave the job. And so I, it was difficult for me. And so my mother suggested to try this white light technique with her. And I did some other behavioral things. But it was astounding to me that within about two weeks, she was a completely different person. She was really upbeat. People liked to be around her. She volunteered for new work to do. I mean, and I, I don't know how else to explain the transformation except through this seemingly magical process. That is of course, so there's other techniques yes, that yes. you might want to do before you, you get there. You know, you might not be ready and willing to surround this person with white light, and white, white light until you have an understanding of their behavior. And so I do have a good exercise in there for how do you come out with the positive intention behind their behavior. Whatever it was that they did to you, said to you, or whatever, that you can step into their shoes and relive the event and feel, well, what was what were they feeling? And it's usually an eye-opening experience for people to go through this because they realize that it wasn't an intentional maltreatment. You know, it was either them trying to protect themselves or to protect somebody else which is a positive intention. And that's something that NLP says, that every intention has a pos- every behavior has a positive intention. And it's hard to think about that when you think about some of the awful things people can do. But if you still come from that idea that there is a positive intention behind that, well, then we can have a conversation about it and we can fix it or we can meet somewhere in the middle. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that it's so important. And I, I, I personally just resonate with all of these techniques so much. Reading the book for me was extremely validating. Um, some of the techniques were like, oh, I remember when I went through this and I mastered it. Other ones are like, oh, this is on your hot plate right now. <laughs> so it was very fun. And of course, this is one of the, the, the books for me that I'll have on the table as I around the house, and as I need to look at something, I will definitely delve into these techniques because I personally feel that the most important thing is for us to really claim our authentic power. And I don't think that we'll ever stop needing to work towards that. I think it's a lifelong process. Therefore, your book is a lifelong relevant tool, which is so fun. So I'm very grateful for your creation and your contribution to helping humanity become more authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm, great. Thank you. That is kind of why I wanted to write it too, was to have it at my fingertips. Because whenever something can't, comes up, there's got to be a way to address it head on with one of these techniques. So I kind of wanted to have them all in one little black box or something. And so that's that was the idea behind the book. So I'm glad you yes. like it. Yes, and I love your solution-focused um, energetic vibe. The, the really what you bring forth with the information is solution-focused, and that's really what's most important is not really to look at you know the past, but in the present moment, what solution can we create for whatever perceived problem or uh, fear is before us. And so I think that is also extremely empowering. So thank you. <laughs> 
So you go into some very fun elements in the book, and, and I think one of the things that, of course, for me is so fun, because that's what I do with the radio show, is using the power of attraction and the power of intention. So how can we use that to create inner power and, and desired results? Yes, and I guess I see them as two different things, and I put them in two different chapters. And I'll, I'll explain my thinking behind them and then also give you an example and see whether this makes sense to you too. The power of attraction to me works whether people believe it or not. And it explains why we repeat certain experiences over and over again. How come every guy I date has the same problem? (laughs) How come Mm -hmm. every boss I've ever had has the same problem? You know, if you think about it mathematically, what are the odds that you would have the same experience over and over? In a random universe, you know, we would have different experiences with every boss. And so that's where I think the power of attraction is pretty interesting and obvious in our life. And we hear a lot of people talking about the law of attraction these days, and there's people that believe it or not. To me, the power of attraction is more passive, more of a a passive energy, whereas the power of intention is more of an active process where we're deliberately forming an intention or a goal or a vision of what we want. I like to say that the power of intention kind of takes the power of attraction to the next level. So let me give you an example. So I have a really good friend who says repeatedly that she has no luck with men and she always dates the wrong men. And so as a result, she has no luck with men and she always dates the wrong men. And you know, I can tell her or, or give her some suggestions of, of things she can try to make it different, and she doesn't really believe in this power of attraction stuff. And so the point to me is that it doesn't matter where, whether you believe in it or not. It's still happening. And so if I were to use the power of intention in that example, then I would really try to craft what is it that I want. Okay, I know what I don't want. That's easy. Um, In NLP, they call that the medical model. What's the problem? How long have you had it? What makes it hurt? What makes it better? Well, in NLP, they they are more outcome-focused. What do I want becomes the words. Like you said at the beginning of your broadcast, the questions that we ask are, are really important. So what do I want? There was a time that I wanted to have a weekend boyfriend, you know, so I could just have my week. To myself and go play with my friends and go out and do all my activities and happy hours or whatever, but then I'd have a weekend boyfriend. And what do you think I got, Dulcinea? <laughs> a weekend boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And um, we ended up falling in love, talking about getting married and looking for a house together, but do you know that he never calls me during the week? <laughs> uh-huh. And I confronted him about it, and it, it hurt my feelings until I remembered that I got exactly what I asked for. And so that's why it's so important to be intentional, intentional about what you put out to the universe. Do you just want a weekend boyfriend? Well, that's okay. If that's really what you want, then that's what you'll get. And so after that broke up, after that relationship broke up, then um, I had a different intention. And in fact, I'll, I'll give you a, your listeners a three-step process for 
creating an intention. And the first step is to make a well-formed statement of what you want, to write it down in words, positively phrased, drop any of the nots and the no's, and do it in reverse so that it's a positive intention. So, so I want to find somebody who's on the same level as me intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, socially, sexually. might be a, a, a well-formed intention. The second step would be to make a list. What does that mean to you? And I mean actually getting out the piece of paper and the pen and writing this all down. And so my list grew to be four pages long of what I wanted. I knew what I wanted. I had been through enough dating to know this is what I don't want, so how do I phrase that positively? Of course, my girlfriend said, you will never find someone that will meet all your criteria. But I knew deep down that I would because it's happened for me before. It's a pretty easy thing for me. So I did make a list, and after you do this, I would recommend to go back and decide what is the required criteria and what is only the desired criteria. So, for example, what are the deal breakers, right? I couldn't date somebody who smoked cigarettes, for example. So that's a deal breaker for me. And so I would mark that as a required. And then the person's age, well, it would be nice if he was within five years of me, but that's not really required. And so that wouldn't be something that was a deal breaker. So kind of sort your list that way. And then the third step is to do a creative visualization. And I know that's a mouthful and, and people, you know, make it scared away from that. But it's really what we do every day when we think about what our day is going to be like, when we think about what this party is going to be like. We just form a picture, you know, and, and see it in our head. And it's the same thing of just forming a picture of what would this person look like, what would they sound like, and more importantly, what would it feel like if I was in this relationship right now with this person? How would I feel? And I think until you feel it, you don't experience it. But once you feel that you've, you can feel that feeling, it brings the desired intention to you that much faster. So, of course, I go into these three steps a lot more in my book, but it's something that you can do for anything that you want, whether it's a job, a career, a new house. It's what, what do you want that's going to help you get up in the morning? And so if I can give you another story, my husband loves me to tell the story about the power of intention because it has to do with my book. He asked me one day about if, if I could do anything where I wouldn't have to work another day in my life because I would love it so much, what would I do? And it made me remember that I wanted to write a book and all the other books I had started but never finished. And so I started writing my book, and I sent out this intention that I would find a publisher by the beginning of the year. And I knew, I went did some research, and, you know, they tell authors that you need to go find an agent and then the agent will go find your publisher. So to get an agent, you had to put together this 80-page proposal of what you're going, the book is going to be about, who you're marketing to, and all that. So you have to write that in addition to your manuscript, right? So I had all this ready to go, sent it out to one person, and I was at this Christmas party, 
and it was a benefit. And I love silent auctions. Do you like silent auctions? I love them. I help create them. Yes, so fun. So I I bid on some of these books that I wanted, and I didn't get any of the books that I wanted. But I got one that I didn't think I was too interested in about crystal prescriptions. So I'm looking through this book, and I'm thinking, boy, I really like the way it's designed. It's very user-friendly. It's got nice, you know, colors, and it's kind of pocket-sized. And I thought, well, who is this publisher? So I went and looked them up online old books, and sure enough, John Hunt said, if you have a manuscript, go ahead and send it to me, kind of cutting out the agents, cutting out the middleman. So as soon as I sent my manuscript in, he sent me a contract back, and the rest, as they say, is history, but it's amazing to me that it was really the first publisher I had ever contacted, and it was an immediate yes. And so there is something very magical about the power of intention. Can I tell you another story? Oh, please. Stories are so profound. They show people the validity of the, of the information. Please. please. <laughs> My friend uh, Jasmine was talking about how she wanted to start teaching yoga. So she joined the YMCA that was near her house, and she started taking these yoga classes, and she started picturing herself at the front of the room teaching the classes. And she did that a couple times before she ever even talked to anybody about it. And then by the third or fourth time, she introduced herself to the instructor and said, I might like to teach yoga one time. And the instructor said, oh, my God, I need a substitute. I need somebody that can do this for me if I need to take a break. And so do all of the other yoga instructors. And so they had her fill out an application and And she never even had to interview for the position. It was so easy because she had visualized it and felt herself doing it before she ever even approached anybody about that. Isn't that magical? So magical, and I absolutely believe 100% in the principles you're presenting here because with my own process, that is the result of evolution revolution. So the magic, it definitely carries when you use the power of a clear intention and then get into that visualization and feelingization and just manifestation of just really seeing you doing what you want. And I I just validate when you said it's been effortless for you or, you know, it's not been a difficult thing for you. You know they work. I also have been one of those people who's experienced that. So if someone out there is listening and hasn't experienced that, just create a clear statement of your desire. Get into the feeling, picture yourself in it, and then just let the universe work its magic. That's <laughs> so fun. <laughs> so we're talking yeah, with- we're talking with Pamela. You can find her on the web at www.pamela.com. We're delving into the fun techniques and extremely power empowering principles she offers in her latest book release, Choose Power, Tools and Techniques for Home and Work. So how can power, the power of love transform our lives? That's a good question. You know, a lot of people talk about how the power of love could just help in so many ways. But what does that mean tangibly? You know, that was the hardest chapter for me to write, actually, is trying because I like to put things in practical terms and practical steps. 
And so some of the ideas that came to me were like Martin Luther King and how he and Gandhi were able to do when people came at them that they didn't fight back and they wanted to choose processes that wouldn't leave the, the other side feeling like they had to get revenge. And so how do you do that? And I think it has to come from the heart. I, I have a picture in my head of whenever I went to Hawaii, when you drive on the road to Hana, you, you cross about 39 bridges that you can only have one car at a time. And yes. so if one car, have you been there? Yes. You know, <laughs> yes. So you can imagine that if one car wanted to cross the bridge and the other car didn't want to wait, it was coming in the opposite direction, that they would be a, a head-on collision. And if nobody wanted to move, then what happens? And we see this in everyday life where, you know, maybe the Democrats are fighting against the Republicans or the, the peace people are fighting against people who want to go to war. And it's like the more that you fight against something, the more that you fight against something. It's just like the power of attraction. And so it's all about transforming how we think about it. And so in that image of the two cars, the only way that you can go is up, which sounds kind of wacky, but to me it's also a visual thing. So going up and having the intention of, of tapping into a higher energy of a way that we can find a solution together. And another example is like judo. When someone comes at me, I don't try to stop the force because I would break a limb or something. Instead, I go with their energy and help them fly over my shoulder and land behind me. So it's the same type of thing in working with the energy so that you're not fighting against it and causing a break because ongoing struggle creates more ongoing struggle. I was listening to Tony Robbins the other day and he also had an example of he would say, have someone come to the front of the room, a real strong guy, and he would have, want him to take his wrist and pull as hard as he could. And so every time the guy would pull him, Tony Robbins would just follow along with him. You know, there was no stress, there was no pain when that happens. And so, again, this is all pretty metaphorical. How can we do this in everyday life? Go with the other person's flow, but transform it on the way. Does that make sense? That is empowering. And that, okay, so that's on the hot plate for me. <laughs> I, I'm always open to share my personal experience because I think, again, people learn from um, others' examples. And so, you know, in the platform that I have, of course, I have people who are very supportive of my ideas. And then I have other people where some of the ideas and thoughts that I present are just a little bit out of the box for their uh, comfort. And I absolutely respect and understand that. And so I've had to um, really grab that. And when I was reading through your book, it was so reinforcing and absolutely timing was divine for me to recognize mm -hmm. that transform everything through love. It's like love is a miracle. It's the, um, oh, the word is, is um, 
it's the alchemy. It's the alchemy. It's of life. And just allow that to really lead me through any process I encounter. And so I've really, and again, in, in academics, I recall using this a little bit less uh, spiritually, I would say, a little bit more with the mind frame, but it was really just always give what you want to receive. And no matter what somebody hands you, give what you want to receive anyway. And so it was very empowering. And so reading this was just, again, really um, allowing me to take the principles from Choose Power and go, ha ha, you, you're on path, you're empowered, keep up the great work. Yay! <laughs> so thank you for the reminder. And I think that's such an important point for every human being to really recognize that if we choose to release the need for vengeance or fear as a result of somebody else's actions, as Jesus, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and I mean many, many Dalai Lama, many teachers across the globe and throughout history, we can then transform humanity and consciousness to create a desirable experience for all, which is what I am hoping here with uh, at Evolution Revolution to create. <laughs> so very, very exciting. So thank you again. Just another very empowering point you bring forth in your phenomenal book, Choose Power. Thank you, and I'm flattered because you, I'm sure you read so many books that this one really helped too. And I want to also bring up to the listeners in case They've tried doing this before that, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. You know, I don't think you or I are saying that, you know, we can just make a decision from now on that we're going to be coming from a place of love. And the next time someone is yelling in our face, you know, that we're going to remember that. But it is a constant choice. How am I going to respond to this, right? It's not an easy thing sometimes, but it does help you to get to a better place if you can think about a way how can I meet this person where they're at and transform it into something better where we're both improved as a result of that so I think holding the intention can help us if we've tried it before and we failed sometimes you know that's okay we learn from it simply holding the intention helps us to get there I think I absolutely validate you, and I think that it is just one of those little magical uh, ingredients in life that can make the whole process enjoyable, and each day is more empowering. I do, I, like you had said, I, I just don't think that any of us think, oh, I can just, I'm, I am love, <laughs> and I'll always be love, and I can always, you know, emanate perfect um radiance no matter what comes at me i think each day i wake have to wake up and remind myself that the present moment requires love and if i live in the present moment everything is is simple everything is 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 just in flow and if i get out of the the present moment i definitely have to bring myself back into that space of love and so it's one of those things that it's like uh working out you just build your muscle until it's at that endurance that you feel good and then you create a balance Yes, and even if we don't do exactly how how well we think we should do, not to beat ourselves up about it, right? That we're always learning how to be better people. And to forgive ourselves is just as important as forgiving other people. And I think that's another thing that, that people don't bring up enough, that apologizing to yourself and forgiving yourself is are also huge pieces. Very, very important. I think that we can really reclaim our authentic selves or puzzle pieces of our authentic selves 
for each and every person we forgive because when we forgive others, we're not only forgiving that individual, but we're forgiving uh, the larger collective consciousness, which is so important to create uh, a collective world filled with love and the truth of who we all are as divine spirits. Yes. Very important. So we're speaking with Pamela, author of Choose Power. You can find her on the web at www.pamela.com. And of course, you can also link up with her at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Only when we find our authentic power within can we learn to express that meaningfully in the outer world through communication, relationships, and within ourselves through manifestation, visualization, creativity, emotions, and aligning with our higher spiritual essence. Awaken to your inherent power and claim your right to create the divine possibilities both within and around you. Next week on September 10th, Peggy McCall will remind you of a most profound truth that all of your answers are already within you in her upcoming book release, The One Thing. Coming up on September 17th, Jeff Brown will be returning to offer his renewed expression of his deeply committed, passionate journey of inner awareness and transformation and the release of his phenomenal book, Soul Shaping, A Journey of Self-Creation. On September 24th, Robert Hill will be making his appearance. And coming up on October 15th, Noah Benche will be offering his great book release, The Journey to Greatness and How to Get There. Coming up on October 22nd, Paul Rademacher will be offering his book, A Spiritual Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. And on October 29th, we'll be speaking with Larry LaShawn and his latest release, The New Science of the Paranormal, The Promise of Psychical Research. Coming up on November 5th, we'll be speaking with Caroline Sutherland. And on November 12th, Barbara Hancock will be back to offer her insight on the opening of Night 6. On December 31st, be sure to join us with Richard Lawrence to discuss the limitless teachings of the 12 blessings and a co-authored book, Realize Your Inner Potential, for a two-hour New Year's Eve bang as we welcome in to 2010. You can purchase all of the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution for some exciting guests and uplifting inspiration, which can be further explored under the upcoming guest section on the home page. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage and the archives tabs within the website. And of course, all episodes are available for free in the iTunes store by searching Dulcinea under podcasts. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day and include amazing talent such as Sharon Jeffers, Michael Tamora, Dr. Stephen Farmer, Richard Lawrence, Neil Donald Walsh, Dr. Amit Goswami, Dr. Eric Pearl, Ariel Ford, Michael Skoransky, Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis, Charles Virtue, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution Radio with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. You can now align with me and Evolution Revolution Radio on Facebook. Search Dulcinea 333 
And be sure to become a fan of Evolution Revolution Radio for special offers, films, and free books. I offer a vast array of services that can be found on my website under the Services and Events page, including client testimonials and a wealth of information and opportunities to align. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Also, please be sure to explore the new audio feature called Voices of Change, which offers a unique expression of divine talent and wisdom that has the potential to expand, enlighten, and catalyze universal consciousness into the ever-present, abundant, infinite, and limitless realms. Be sure to explore the exciting audio features that are ready for listening to include Dennis Lewis, Lorraine Rowe, Starhawk, Dreaming Bear, Thomas Nair, and more. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Evolution Revolution tab. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Pamela Brooks. Thank you so much, Pamela. It's been so much fun talking about your phenomenal book and just working through these exercises and spending this hour with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor, and thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you. And I'd like to let our listeners know they can find you on the web at www.pamela.com, and that's P-A-M-M-Y-L-A. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish each of you abundance of heavenly love, including peace, awareness, joy, and gratitude today and always. Abundant miracles. Good night.